Welcome to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. This is designed for anyone who hires, trains, leads a team, or all of the above. If you're a business owner or team leader, you're in the right place. If you aren't subscribed to our podcast, please do so at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thank you for being here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is Richard Dvorak. Welcome to the podcast today. You're in the right place if you are someone who owns a business, runs a business or runs a team, and you're responsible for hiring, training, or just trying to improve team synergy and team engagement. And what I'm going to talk about today are two of the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they hire. And one is placing too much emphasis on the interview. And number two is hiring for skill alone. And I want to tell you about a, a story first in somebody that I was coaching. And this was somebody in the financial profession. And he wanted to bring somebody on as a junior advisor. So what he wanted to do was give his lower asset, lower complexity, lower profitability clients to this person and split the business. And she would you know, take care of the clients and it would free him up for going after bigger clients, spending more time on the bigger revenue opportunities. And they had a great relationship, great rapport, everything sounded good, and it was a total disaster. And I'm going to share with you why that happened, but part of the reason was putting too much importance and emphasis on the interview and the skill or the talent that this advisor had. And I want to get into to what happens with these two things and where we can go wrong and then find out when it's too late. So the interview, let's dig into that. So think about any time that you've interviewed someone or if you've been in an interview yourself, this is the time to put your best foot forward. I used to interview people as part of my role as a district manager with a financial planning firm. And I mean, people come in and they sounded great. They smelled great. They looked great. Very, very infrequently did somebody really just put their worst foot forward. I mean, there's bad interviews, of course, and there's some people that dress better than others. But for the most part, people are their best behavior. It's like a first date. You want to make a, a good first impression. And so I think it's really hard to put too much emphasis on an interview. You know, you're asking the similar questions people are used to. Them. Tell me about a time that you had a challenge to overcome. Tell me about your successes. Tell me about your experience. And people are prepared and they've done their homework and they come in and, you know, if you've ever interviewed, you know that a lot of a lot of times you have people that are equally as impressive in the interview. The second thing is hiring for skill alone. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're hiring for a position and you agree to interview somebody, chances are they have the skills or the experience you're looking for. You know, the bigger challenge is if you're hiring a bunch of people out of college or if it's that if it's an entry level position, and they don't really have work experience. Well, they've got the right degree. They had the right internship. And so it's really hard to tell how they're going to perform in your workplace based on those alone. Or if they've had success with another firm or another business or on their own, and they're just looking for a change or they're, lo they're looking at your position that you're hiring for as a bigger opportunity. And so you look on paper and you say, well, this person has the right tools and the right skills. One of the problems with this is it doesn't tell you how that person's going to take action in the workplace. It doesn't tell you about their instinctive strengths. And I think anybody, most people know if you've hired or led people for any period of time, it's really important to learn what their strengths are. Yet there's very few ways that you can assess that 
during or before the hiring process. So in other words, you kind of find out what their strengths are and how they take action once you've hired them. Well, what if it's too late? We know that these things can be costly. It takes time. It can hurt the business. So one solution that I found to really uncover things that are important to know before a person actually comes on board with our companies. And to do this, I need to explain the three parts of the mind. I've, I've done this before on previous podcasts, but if you're new, or even if you're not new to the podcast, let me give you a quick refresher. So ancient philosophers and modern psychologists tend to agree that we have a three-part mind with separate domains for thinking, feeling, and doing or taking action. And those three parts are the cognitive, the affective with an A, and the conative. Cognitive can be measured, that's intelligence, and that can be measured by the wonderlick. It can be measured by ACT, SAT, the bar exam, CPA, CFP. So there's many different ways to measure cognition. And also some people get smart based on their experience. So if you're hiring an engineer and they have 20 years of engineering experience, their cognitive abilities in that area are likely pretty high. Then you have the effective. The effective is is what people like and what they prefer. And you can measure that through things like DISC, StrengthsFinder. You could do Myers-Briggs to figure out if they're an introvert or an extrovert. And those things are really useful to know. The problem is they're not really EEOC compliant for hiring. So you're not really supposed to use DISC, StrengthsFinder, or Myers-Briggs in the hiring process. So it's hard to uncover those things. The third part of the mind, though, you can uncover during the interview or during the hiring process, and it's called the conative part of the mind. And the conative part is how we tend to take action. So the best way I can describe this to you is take people with equal strengths and equal experience and similar preferences. If I can measure the conative part of the mind, I can give you insight in how they're likely to apply those strengths and preferences and intelligence in the workplace. So in other words, how are they likely to take action? And I'll give you an example of one of those modes. So one of the things that it measures is fact finder. Fact finder on a scale of one to 10, if you are a shorter fact finder, like a one or two or three, that's not bad, it's not a weakness. It just means that type of person often does not require as much information before they start taking action. Whereas a eight or a nine or a 10 fact finder, that person is going to want a lot of details and a lot of information before they're comfortable taking action. So what we like to do is measure that cognitive part of the mind. So we use an assessment called Colby, K-O-L-B-E, and Colby has different tools, but this is the Colby A index. If you've listened to my podcast, you've heard me talk about these before, but the Colby measures in about 20 minutes how you're likely to take action. Now, why is this important? Well, let's go back to that example I had of somebody that I was coaching and he wanted to bring in this junior advisor to help with the the lower tier clients, the lower asset level clients. And I asked him, I said, what what do you need this person to do? Are they going to basically need to manage the entire client relationship? And he said, yes. So they're going to need to do paperwork. They're going to need to do notes after meetings and the follow-ups and the this and the that. And they said, yes. I said, great, let's measure their Colby. Let's have them take a Colby A. And they did. Now, what happened with this person is she came back as a, one of the modes that Colby measures is called follow through. And follow through is how we systematize. 
and how we arrange information. So in other words, a way to understand that is somebody that's a long follow through is tends to be better at creating systems or following systems and multi-step processes. Somebody that is shorter, they may actually resist systems or they may not like multi-step processes. They may procrastinate and tend to put those off. So this woman on the follow through was measured as a four. Okay, so that would be considered short. Once again, it's not a weakness, but the senior advisor, the person that I was coaching at the time, said, well, I need somebody that can really have good systems and follow these. Well, this advisor did not have good systems himself, and he expected that this junior advisor that he was hiring would create systems and and make sure that all the things got done. Well, it only took about one or two clients that he handed off for it to become apparent that this was not going to work out. In fact, the client that one of the clients he handed off emailed him and said, you know, I, I emailed so-and-so. She was supposed to do this. It's been two weeks. I haven't heard anything. I've emailed, no response. Now that could be, you know, you can have people that are just irresponsible in the workplace. You can have people that were lazy, but I think there's more to it. Her cognitive strength as measured by the Colby index was not in systems and process. So he had an expectation, the advisor that I was coaching had an expectation that she'd be able to do this, but that really wasn't one of her strengths that we measured. Now, where did he go wrong? Well, when he interviewed her, you know, it, she probably said the right things and, and made a good impression and presented herself well and looked polished and smelled nice and all those things that happened in an interview. And then he saw her skills. Well, she's been a financial professional for 15 years. She's done this before. This is not new, so she should be able to do it. Well, yeah, she had experience, but she didn't have the right strengths that he was looking for. You really can't uncover this in an interview. It's hard to ask somebody, well, how are you How are you at systems and multi-step processes? Well, even if they're not good at it and they want the job, they're probably going to say, I'm great. I do that really well. So the Colby assessment is something that helps you measure it. It's validated scientifically. It's compliant for use in hiring. So you can actually use it as a screen. So my recommendation is if you have somebody you're going to hire, you know, look at using the Colby assessment. You need to do it yourself. You can go to kolbe.com and get your own Colby A so you can understand your instinctive strengths and nothing bad ever happens when we do that. But do it with people that you're hiring. And if you've already hired somebody in your training, I'm going to talk more about in a future podcast about how we use cognitive strengths or our understanding of cognitive strengths to train. But if you've already hired somebody and you want to make sure that they're going to live up to the expectations you have, go check this assessment out. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And for more information, you can go to illuminateba.com and uh, check out some of our offerings and products and services. And if you have any questions, you can email me. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Business Advisors podcast. Please subscribe so you can get updated episodes at iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you are already subscribed, please leave us a rating to let us know how we are doing, but only if the content was worth a five. If not, please check out our episode library and find one that you would give a five rating. You can find more information about our company at illuminateba.com. Thanks again for listening and here's to your success.